0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your tournament recap for the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, and joining me to break it all down, let's bring him in, it's Kyle Porter, what up KP?
1: Well, we we don't we don't have enough we don't there aren't enough hours in the day for this podcast. I'm just I'm giddy <laughs> about this one. Let's 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 get the intros through and right, let's, let's get it on. Let's do let's it. do
0: it. We've got Mark Immelman who is on the eve of heading out to the PGA Championship. What up, Mark?
2: Hey, uh, you 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 are uh, diffusing a little bit over here. After listening to to you two guys at 10:45 p.m. last night, I was gonna do everything in my power to make sure I got onto this podcast alongside you guys. By the way, how's it?
0: Uh Kyle, he called our our conversation after round three drivel, I believe was the word <laughs> uh,
1: another another name for it would be correct would be on,
2: on point. I, I think. <laughs> Uh, I've like, got okay, i got to wait. okay. Wait, Nostradamus, man, all props to you. you. You, I'm gonna kneel at Mount Kyle for just about two seconds. Well done. I've I've only been doing this eight years, I finally get one prediction right. Uh, 154.
1: Holy 154, yeah, <laughs> yeah, real, real brilliant over here. The number one player in the world.
2: <laughs> no, good job. I, 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 I appreciated the back and forth, the banter, you guys, it kept me awake for a little while. But they were one or two things that got my South African hair standing up a little bit. But, you know, you it's know good. me. I'm, I'm old yeah. and decrepit and cantankerous <laughs> at times. Decre- Nobody's ever called you decrepit, I'm pretty sure.
3: <laughs> I'd just like to point out something Mark just said. Kept me awake for
0: a little while is really what we strive for on this golf podcast. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Not not the whole time, just a little <laughs>
0: <time>. <laughs> The first cup pod, keeping you awake for a little while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite golf listening. My dad actually told me, shout out Tom Hallix, last
3: night that uh, he fell asleep listening to our podcast. So thanks, Dad.
1: Wow. <laughs> there you go. It only kept him awake for a little bit of time.
0: <laughs> we are we are killing it. Uh, new segment. How about this? Driving the tour presented by Volvo. We get to provide our insights and analysis. And Kyle Porter, your insight and analysis from the round. Podcast was second to none. You saw this coming with JT, and I think we have the clip
1: right here. I think I honestly think JT's two back of the real lead with Fowler at 10 under because I don't trust Brendan Todd's swing and I don't trust Ben on's putting. And so if you say Fowler's the real lead at 10 under and JT's two back, I don't okay. know. Nine yeah. nine to one's pretty pretty sweet. I kind of think he's gonna shoot like a 65 and win on Sunday. 65 and win. How about that, KP? He
0: does exactly what you said he was going to do. Congratulations!
1: Well, you, you, you guys should have seen me when he was on eighteen and he flares it out to the right, and I'm thinking, just don't make a bogey here. Don't shoot a six. <laughs> don't shoot a 66 and win. Like I cared more about that hole than if I actually had money riding on the event. So, uh, yeah, um, I mean, we can get into it. Unbelievable performance from him, uh, Mark. I've got a, I've got a little. Okay, so is that backwards? No, that's correct. Okay, so this is how many wins JT (laughs) has this decade. And this is how many days are left in the decade.
2: (laughs) Well, two down, 23 to go. Hold on a second. Hey, Brendan. Yeah, nice to hear from you. Oh, you want to talk to Carla, But He said something about your golf swing. Hold tight for a second.
1: That's fine. Look, hey, <laughs> here's the deal. We're not comparing these guys to me and Rick. We're comparing them to Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka. And Brendan Todd was really good for 54 holes, and he was really bad for 18 holes. And, you know, that's kind of the way it goes for him. It's the brave man that calls it how it is, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it just, it is what it is. And you know, the, the JT and Kepka thing, well, do we go, you go ahead, Rick, do we want to get into JT? Well,
0: well, we're going to jump into JT real quick, but I know Mark, you took umbrage with one particular phrase that Kyle mentioned in that round three pod. You called it the, or Kyle called it the real lead. And what did that, uh, what did that bring up for you?
2: Well, it was the quip amongst many that sort of woke me up. You know, Im- imagine that, the, that, that GIF of who was the undertaker, that WWE guy that just, you know, wakes up and he's alive. <laughs> right, out of the, right, right out of the coffin. <laughs> that was me on the couch. And I was like, because Kyle way back, and I don't hold grudges. Well, maybe I do, Listen, you know, listening to myself now. My brother held a two-stroke lead on the eve of the final round of the 2008 Masters. And there was a rule in the house not to watch any golf television whatsoever. So I go to the room and I switch on the TV and I'm watching golf central or whatever it was. And there's Brandel Chamblee spouting off going and Brandel and our buds, right? And he goes, well, the real lead is brand Snedeker. (laughs) Now that my brother at this stage is the rookie of the year, and he's done a few things around the globe. And he goes, the real lead is Snedeker. So if Tiger and these sorts of guys just line up Snedeker and get in front of him, They've got the the, the masters won. So I took that sort of personally, and after Trevor won by three, I called him out that evening. He was at some get together there. I'm, a, I'm like, I'm Brandle, I got a bone to pick with you. And he's like, Well, huh? I'm like, so you called it a real lead, essentially slapping my brother in the face. Oh no, 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 I, I didn't mean it like that. Well, you know, so so maybe the real lead thing sticks in you somewhere, you know. Well, Brandle didn't have
1: the advantage of. There are no strokes get ga- or there were no strokes gained for Augusta National at the time, so he didn't know if if Trevor was putting it well or hitting so what it are well. You gonna,
2: if there's no strokes gained, what on earth are you going to do in November? I don't know, watch golf or something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's do it together. Uh, All right, let's let's
0: jump into this. Justin Thomas, your new number one player in the world. Victory number 13 on the PGA Tour. As we know, the third youngest to ever get to 13 Kyle behind Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. That is a pretty good list to be on. I think we know. What you feel about Justin Thomas in the future, but talk me through what you saw on Sunday because I think he was magnificent.
1: well, the the thing that stuck out to me on Sunday, and i'd like I'd actually like uh, to hear Mark kind of expound on this because he's got a better uh, viewpoint and knowledge of it than than you and I do. j t. is so good at uh, at swinging different speeds, right? So he so he'll go, he'll go as as hard I, I i don't know what his swing speed is off the tee but he'll go as hard as he can off the tee and then the shot the, i i I keep going back to the shot on uh 16 so he punches out and he's got like 102 in on 16 and it's kind of a weird angle it's it's not a great angle honestly uh, it's kind of over that trap uh at the front of 16 and 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 the the smoothness which, with which he swings from that distance i mean i texted – it's <laughs> I texted our group chat, here's a, I got a take for you guys. I said, if, if Rory had JT's game from 125 and in, he'd have like nine majors. Mm. And uh, another another one of the guys said maybe like 19 majors. I mean, he's just, (laughs) he's so good from 125 and in. And I think that ability to not just be super long off the tee, but to slow it down and have that kind of control from 125, 150 and in, I don't know that that is because Rory always has talked about how he struggles with, like he almost swings it too fast. And so he gets too, he, he can't, he, he sometimes struggles to control his distances. I think in a way that uh, JT is really, really good at. And that was the, that was the impressive part for me. You're always going to, you're going to get into trouble. How do you get out of trouble and how do you save yourself with your short game late? Like he did on Sunday. I, I thought that was super impressive.
2: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um And I have to have, give a bunch of credit to Jimmy Johnson and wish him all of the very best. I hope the tests are going all right and there's nothing sinister on the go. Um, But Ben Hogan now, yeah, this, I'm the old guy. So I'm going to go there. Okay. To put it into some context, Hogan said somewhere he hit a ball that finished close to a target. And someone said, that's a great shot. And apparently the legend goes, Hogan goes, how can you say so? You didn't know how high I was wanting to hit this thing. Mm. even though it finished close to the target. Yeah. And the lesson goes, Hogan said, it was all about trajectory, apex of the flight, and the speed at which the golf ball was going. Because that, if, if, if you have a handle on that stuff, you're pretty well on the way. Because um, they can deal with left and right. Because the professional game, you saw it with Thomas, unlike Brooks, Thomas, when he missed left and right, he missed in sort of the safe zone coming down the stretch. So it was, it was a veteran sort of a directional performance. But then to be able to change speeds, and it was Jimmy Johnson who joined Thomas a few years ago, and he had seen Steve Stricker play. He'd seen Nick Price play front seat. So he'd seen what these great sort of exponents of scoring shots did. And he said to Justin, who just went full bore when he got on the tour, everything was hard and high, kind of like McElroy. He's like, you got to learn this off-speed delivery. And you guys make great comparisons to other sports. I don't know American sport well enough to do that, but it's essentially like you get some stud coming out of high school in baseball. He throws gas, right? The first thing they're going to teach him is how to throw an off speed pitch and make it look like the, 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 the fastball, right? And it's the same thing here because JT, he'll move his body fast and then he'll slow down. And when he does the slow down thing, it's with tremendously soft arms, and like Rory, on the other hand, will cut the follow through off, but you still see vigor and sort of hardness about the thing. And, and, and so Justin, he's got that stuff taped, man. And there was only one that didn't work or out. And that was on 12 that I thought was the shot that could have essentially tripped him up, but he did yeoman's work to get up and down for the bogey. But otherwise that little off-speed wedge, I, I would I would advocate for him being probably one of the best from about 125 and then on the PGA tour right now, because of the fact you can go in hard, high spinning or you can flat that little low one in there with a little less spin. And those ones he hits all those soft ones, they were all back hole locations, 12, um, 15, 16, even the one into 17, because if you hit a ball hard out the rough, it flies. Yeah. And he, even out of heavy, heavy rough, he went smooth. He went soft. I mean, it was, it, it was, Almost genius to me, and it was, it was highly impressive.
1: I think it. I think it was some of the skill set that makes you, like, look at his trajectory and say, "Wait a second here. Like, how 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 good is he going to be over the next ten years?" Now, uh, so the comp that I actually just thought of, like, as you were talking there, because I, I love what you're saying, and I want to see what Rick thinks about this because I know he played baseball, a little Mark Pryor-ish in that, like, I think the mechanics are. I don't know that anybody has better mechanics in terms of the swing. And he always like Mark Pryor was through hard. I, I, I can't remember exactly how his career went, but I, I think it was not until he turned pro where he learned some of the off speed stuff. And then that's elite as well. What do you think about that, Rick?
0: Well, that's good because okay. When you're Mark Pryor and you're like the number one high school pitcher in the country by a mile, you don't need, anything but the fastball right like you just blow it by everybody it is only when you get to the majors that you have to learn this stuff and and honestly i I, i've been uh, that's it reminds me a lot of justin thomas because I think his game is so mature or it's getting so much more mature. Yeah. I think that he, you know, on 15, he gets away with a really poor shot that he hit uh, that gets lucky, goes across the <laughs> cart path. But like in that moment, he, like he can take advantage of it or he knows when to put the, the foot on the gas or he knows when to just take his lumps. And, and I don't know if that comes from his dad being a, you know, a, a, an influence on him growing up and setting that mindset mark. But I, I just feel, like he is so much more mature than a lot of the other 27 year olds on tour
2: you've hit the nail on the head you call it mature um i kind of call it old school in a way and and you have to credit his father and his grandfather both pga pga professionals and his dad whenever i catch up with him and i see them on the range and i talk to him on the course i'm like so what are you guys doing you know trying to get the golf swing inside and it's the same thing Every single time there's never any panic. There's never any like, Oh, we have going to do this or do that. Or someone's doing this. There is this maturity to use your term, which is very appropriate, but it's this old school kind of thing to him because the new golf ball needs to get it hit hard. The thing spins less. So you've got to hit it hard to spin it. But Justin is able to go, okay, well, the back hole location, I'm going to hit this thing easy. Let it take a couple of jumps and then check where you'll see someone like a Rory for argument's sake and fly it on the back plateau, whisper. And then all of a sudden you hit it through the back and you're making a number. So 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 that is the the maturity that you guys call it. And it's it's kind of old school in a way.
0: Justin Thomas is going to be one of the favorites for next week at the PGA Championship, along with Brooks Kepka, who I thought we were going to get a heavyweight bout there on the final hole, maybe get us into a playoff. But KP, I honestly think that the last couple of holes for Brooks Kepka on Sunday is essentially a microcosm of what we've seen from him this season, where he bombs in a birdie putt on 17 to have life. To, to apply the pressure and then he yanks one left into the water immediately on his next shot on 18 to kind of play himself out of the tournament and I'm just I'm left simultaneously thinking this guy is so unbelievably good he can he can overpower any golf course but also feeling disappointed because the only results he cares about obviously is winning and we haven't seen it in a year.
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point and it's a great call. And I, I I don't know. I, I almost think that this week makes me feel like he should be the favorite next week. Like I, I know he didn't close. I know he didn't really put that well. He hasn't putted that well in, over the last really month or so, but the way he's hit the ball over the last two, I mean, we talked about this even at the three M open, he hit it pretty well. And then he hit it great this week. He was uh, first in approach shots, third from T to green. Now, I don't I don't know that you can go to Harding Park and hit uh, he hit 31 of 56 fairways. As Mark knows, that's gonna be problematic. That's that's not I, I but I, I've a little I've a little bit talked myself into Harding Park being kind of Beth Page-ish in that if the rough is way up and it's playing like super deep, that there's only like nine guys that can win it. Right. Like you, you go to Beth Page and it's like, well, Abraham Answer can't win. Uh, you know, like Kevin Kisner can't win. But DJ Rom, JT Kepka, that that's sort of the the vibe that I'm getting, and who knows, it might not play out like that. But that's sort of how I feel going in. And if Kepka's hitting it like this, I just I don't know, man. Like I I've flipped so much on this over the last two weeks, I just I feel like he should maybe be the
2: favorite going into to Harding Park. Um, there's a lot to like about what he did last week, but the point that I want to make um is that. Of all the courses we've been to since Colf's return, it's the first one really that he's played well in the past before, and he spoke early in the week of how he's very comfortable around Southwind, and the golf course sets up for his eye. Now he played well at uh, Heritage, but otherwise all the other courses he hasn't had much success on, even even uh, Muirfield Village, and so he got to a place where he was comfortable. So so that is always. Something that sort of will raise my eyebrow because I look for a guy, even though they might not be in the best of form, to find a way to cobble something together, and so he did some of that. The, the thing that was that I think is good news for Kepka, but I wouldn't install him as a favorite just yet, the, is that he got a real you got a barometer on how the golf swing's operating under pressure, because the pressure late contending for a tournament is different. You can't simulate that anywhere. And, and we saw a couple late rights on 16, 17, and then we saw the fast left on 18. So, so, you know, to me, you talk about being able to drive it. Now, you made a good point earlier where you were like, okay, well, if you can bash it off the tee, you can get some short clubs out of that heavy rough. And so you got the advantage. Certainly, but I know this for certain. If you're fighting a right-left miss around there, you're going to have yourself a pretty tough time. So, look, right now, there's sunshine on the horizon for Team Kapka more than there has been in a long while. And you've got to give Pete Cowan credits. Um, you've got to give Claude Harmon credit for saying, okay, let's get another voice in here and, and maybe help him over the hump. Uh, you've got to give uh, credit to Phil Kenyon who came in and, and neatened up the putting stroke in a hurry. I mean, that thing was messy the last few weeks, and they did incredible work in just a couple hours. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um does he have all sorts of confidence? Great. Yes. And that's great for him because that's how he operates. But I still think there's a little bit of going to go and maybe he continues to play into some form. But the one thing he knows for sure now is what do I feel like when the pressure is up? Because the thing about contending this week in Memphis from tee shot number one on Thursday, you're feeling like that the entire week in a major championship. Mm. And so you're playing under that level of pressure, that modicum of pressure. And so it, it exposes stuff in a hurry. So I think he's got an idea and I'm sure they'll work into this uh, come Tuesday, Wednesday, or whenever they decide they're going to work for the next couple of days.
0: I like that a lot. I, I think the, the growing optimism uh, around Kepka, at least for myself personally, just, just seeing the upside, seeing the ceilings, unbelievable. He, he can still just thrash any golf course it's it's unbelievable. Um I want to pivot back to Justin Thomas for a second gentlemen because um I think we should charge I think we should charge $9 a month to read our group ta- our group chat. <laughs> because there was a good there was a good uh Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, you know, this this stemmed off of what KP you you this stemmed off the 25 wins in a decade thing, right? And then we were we started comparing Phil Mickelson and Justin Thomas's career trajectories, which kind of stemmed off of uh, Bones being on JT's bag, right? This is how this whole thing evolved.
1: Yeah. Which, by the way, I needed I needed JT to ask Bones to pull a pin late, like
0: last three oh. holes. <laughs> uh-huh. That would have been. To like really do, yeah, like really. would have been sick.
2: Um, hey, did you see? Uh, apparently, now you you can't believe everything you read on Twitter. Apparently, but I saw that when Phil walked onto the first tee. He didn't even as much look as much in, in in Bone's direction. He sort of shook JT's hand. He's like, okay, let's roll. There weren't any pleasantries at all. I don't you yeah. know, again, don't that's we think Twitter. that
0: they exchanged pleasantries like on the putting green earlier? I, and they didn't I, have to say hello
2: on the first tee? Uh, well, I don't know. Again, you can't believe I just saw this on Twitter and it made me giggle. Okay, So <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought this up. Of course, I'm glad you brought it up, JT. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I think he, here, here's what I was thinking about on Sunday. It's almost like I feel like JT's career is kind of going like his tournament went to where on Friday night, can you see it coming? Maybe, maybe not. But it 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 was there. Like the, the numbers were there. The stats were there. We talk about the statistical profile was there. Like Rick and I talk about all the time. Uh, is it definitely going to play out with him winning the tournament? No, of course not. Like, a couple of times Brendan Todd's going to win that tournament. Ricky might win it. Brooks might win it. Whatever. But the trajectory was there and I and I think that's true of his career also. I mean, you said it earlier, Tiger, Jack, JT and then Rory. I mean, it, like I I don't I don't know I don't know what like how to categorize that other than he's on an all-time trajectory. You know the the point that and mark can we can have a rebuttal here but point that i made like through his first 150 events he's but 152 now 13 wins a major um he, he's on a trajectory to, to where you're like wait a second this is this is better way better than a dj a jason day uh it, it's right there with rory it's better than phil i mean it, it is it's an unbelievable trajectory and i I just I don't know that I think people are missing it. Like I think we're underrating JT. That that's kind of the gist of my argument because he's doing it in what I think is the best era of golf uh, of all time.
2: Nobody is underrating Justin Thomas. Nobody whatsoever, and most notably his peers. Everyone in the locker room knows that if Justin Thomas, and this is one point you made last night in the previous podcast, that if Justin, he's one of those names. He's like he's like a Spieth when Speeth was you know, at the top of his game, Spieth would finish. Everyone knew it. There are certain golfers that will get into contention. They won't close. They, they won't close the deal very well. And Justin's a finisher and he's got a complete game. He doesn't have a glaring weakness. Unlike some guys that have sort of been fantastic for a while. <laughs> I, I just, I giggled at you. Uh, I, I do. I find you fascinating. You know I mean? I, I love, I love your social media feed and I love your takes but comparing Phil to a twin engine plane with no landing gear and stuff. We're we're talking (laughs) about
1: styles. So that's what Phil was uh, stylistically on the course. He's all over the place. I mean,
2: he, 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 I think he was at the, The should I remind you of a podcast that you guys did where it was listing the all time golfers, golfers of all time during our pandemic thing, right? Where did you put Phil into that list? He was 11th. or what did you put him in? Oh yeah. He's like 10 or 11th for me. All right. So you're telling me Justin Thomas Okay yeah yes he's the trajectory is there but I'm going with what I have because I've seen too many folks Jordan Spieth. there's the reference Jacob I've seen my brother in my household get done in by injury. I've seen stuff uh, Tiger Woods was supposed to obliterate Jack Nicholas's record he was supposed to that didn't happen it, it's I, I I'm just like you know, Calling someone an all-timer when he's 27. What how old is he? 27. 27. All-time yeah. trajectory. All-time okay. trajectory. Yeah. Okay. Well, t- sure, he's on an all-time trajectory.
1: Rory is was it? too. Rory still Well, he, he, but JT's already had a better career than Adam Scott, Justin Rose. Adam Scott's not an all-timer. Was no, Justin Rose? They're good. But they're they're really really good in an era where, um, again, I think it's I, I think. And Rick brought this up and I'm glad he did. I think being I think winning if you win 25, 30 times in this era and win three or in four majors. Yeah. In a decade. <laughs> i that's gonna yeah, that one, are, you're are gonna gonna keep that one that, for a while. Are you
0: gonna keep that note card? Yeah, by your desk for the next 10 years. So how does this work now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just it's just gonna be marks. It's like the tiger, it's like the tiger poster behind uh behind Rick. Oh yeah. Um I, I think winning 25, 30 times, winning four or five majors in this era is equivalent to what Phil did, winning 44. It, 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 the, the era that Phil thrived in is not uh, as good as it, as it is now. It's not.
2: I, 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 I caught we, it. Right.
0: We, we, can, we can have this conversation a lot for the next 10 years. We don't have to do it all right now. <laughs> um, here's what we will do uh, we've got to have a little bit of a therapy session. Oh gosh. Some of the guys who fell off the lead. And to do that, we've got to bring in Greg Ducharme. So we're going to do that on the other side. First, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating Off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Welcome in Greg Ducharme. First of all, Greg. Welcome. Looking good in studio.
3: Yep. In studio. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm sorry I'm late. I apologize. Um, But it's been tough. I've been kind of coping in this uh, after this final round. So I needed really the first half of the show to kind of get myself organized.
1: You missed my my decade of JT counter. (laughs) Two wins. There's 3,439 days left.
3: Well, I think that's pretty much locked up now at this point. Don't you he's know? on <laughs> he's on
1: on pace for 34 in the decade. So. yeah, Mark, you might yeah. just want to buy out right now. It's I told you, I'll take that I'll take that bottle of wine in 2027. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you always want to play the under though. It's like price is right.
0: <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, cuz the under the under is winning until it's not until it's over. So yeah. it's like Uh all right, well Greg, let's See, let's Let's jump into this, my man, because uh, your buddy Ricky Fowler had yet another disappointing Sunday. Uh, I was rooting for him. I thought this was going to be the the WGC breakthrough for him. Just could not get it going. I'm I'm actually still scrolling down the PGA. Okay, here we go. Finished uh, with a 73, three over par, T15, not good.
3: No. Yeah, I need, I, just, I need some help because he gets off to a great <laughs> start, right? He comes out. Like, Ricky has to do it eventually. And, like, we talked about this on Friday, Rick. He, he gets himself uh, – maybe he gets kind of a bad rap for his success or lack thereof in tournaments. Maybe he should be winning more often than he does. Well, it, it seems definite now. But, like, this is kind of what I was saying about it. it's how it happens. And he comes out and he gets off to a great start. Birdies two and three. And then after he's two under through three, he's the guy he is. This is his tournament to win. And then he bogeys number four, right? He hits it to like 50 feet and three whips it. And then he makes bogey on seven and bogeys nine, which is a big one for me. Cause when you get to the, the ninth hole is this is your opportunity now to finish the nine under par. And now you're off and running. You're in it. You're, you're back in, in position and well, what does he do? He makes a bogey. And then he goes to number 12 and makes a double bogey. So it's just, it's extremely frustrating for me as a fan of Ricky, because I feel like this is a theme and this is like the fade out at the end. And I'm just not sure how to handle it.
0: The something that came up on HQ uh, at some point today was kind of in regards to the swing changes. And and I'd like both you, Greg, and and Mark's opinion on this is...
2: Definitely not mine.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> definitely not hey where-
2: brendan todd's still ringing in over you.
1: <laughs> where i was right i don't know what to tell you guys it is what it is they are who we thought they were well
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) very clever (laughs)
0: uh nick faldo pointed out on the telecast that it appears ricky fowler uh has an issue hitting that left pin position because that draw is the one thing that's not really coming around for him greg and i'm i'm just wondering if that's like you know we've seen the progression through the swing changes if this is just like the one last little thing he just can't get right, and he's you know blocking it out to the right and it's it's costing him a few shots
3: see when nick faldo um when he was playing, he always had kind of all these shots right he he always said he had the same backswing with four different finishes that created his high fade his low fade his high draw his low um and, and his his low draw he he worked it both ways and the modern player doesn't necessarily have to do that quite as much we've seen players like Brooks Koepka win hitting a single shot shape hitting just a fade we saw it at the PGA championship just two years ago so you don't necessarily have to have all the shots to win the way you used to and part of that is because of the trajectory of the game Your players are starting to hit it higher and you can hit high fades at left hole locations. And you also, there's no, nothing that says you have to hit a draw into a left hole location. You can hit a fade to the middle of the green and be fine. This is not a golf swing thing for Ricky, in my opinion. It's just not. We've seen him go through a number of different swing renditions. We've seen him go through uh, changes that have all been successful. They've led to great results. But now it's the same thing. This is a, a hurdle that's a little bit different that he's proven. He, I mean, he can do it. He can win on Sunday. He's proven it before. But it's just he he seems to go the other way more often than not in these moments. But I'm interested to hear what Mark says about, well,
0: about the swing. Well, Mark, and also, I mean, I assume that the stress of a Sunday – you know amplifies everything that's going on out there and if you've got any little thing wrong either mentally or with the swing you'll be exposed on a Sunday
2: yeah there, there certainly was an element of that in there and just to build on Feldo's point a little bit it's not the left hole location it's just the fear of the left miss mm. and, and and to to me I, I see an element of two-directional fear right now with Feldo with Ricky I should say because you watch him on a t-shirt shot like 12 which is the hole's uh, just a whisker over 400 yards, but it typically plays into a quartering breeze out the left. And for any right-handed golfer, that is going to expose you if you're not very comfortable. And you've got water down the right-hand side, heartbreak hotel, to get my Elvis reference in there, right? And so he hits a fast left off the tee. He's cooked. He's got the ball in the downhill line, the rough. From there, he hits it in the water. He didn't have anything. I am questioning, to Greg's ob- observation, why. He just doesn't go with a one-dimensional pattern. And so that it says to me that, okay, the golf swing is gaining traction. And he certainly looked better timed. I, I, will, I will concede that because we had him Thursday, Friday in Golf Channel coverage. And I thought he looked very good. But the pressure then is different. Then all of a sudden on Sunday afternoon, it's a different animal. And then you're trying to hit shots that you don't really have. The one yeah. thing I know for certain is that under pressure, you better have something you can go to. To get back to Justin Thomas, he's got his fairway finder. Low tee, squeeze fade out there, put in play. It's kind of a version with a driver of Tiger Stinger. And everybody does. Brooks is now finding some form because his fade was weak right, hard left. Now the fade is starting to start left and peel into the, into the center of the target. So I'm judging by this, that he and John are on the right direction. They're on the right um, tacker if uh, if i sh- i should say but but still there's some work to go because when you start missing in two directions th- that that's talking of a lot of golf club engineering through contact and when that's happening the stuff the lines are bad coming down the timing's bad a- and some of that you can ascribe to pressure but but other than that other, other the other stuff is just to use tiger's terms reps you got to get out there and just grind and grind and grind because the one thing felder's always told me he goes the one thing he did very well was he called it his one yard fade. If he had to, he would go to the shot and then he would move targets. He would say, i look at the flag and he goes, and he would go, what do I want and what can I do? Okay, I wanna hit it there, can I do that right now? No, so then you move your targets and you move 20 feet right of the flag and so you build on this till what do I want and what do, can I do intersect? And you'll hear him on the broadcast oftentimes talk about moving the targets. And I'm not sure I've seen Ricky do that just yet under pressure, because he's got a good he's got a good golfing IQ about him. And when you putt the way he does, he's just gonna get the ball on the green a few more times, and he should be okay.
0: Yeah, he's certainly not gonna get relief from the pressure next week, as you mentioned, Mark. That starts Thursday, first hole. You mm-hmm. you feel it, uh, Kyle? I'm ready for you. I'm ready to bring you back in here on Brendan Todd, who another guy. Okay, let me let me let's do this. Brendan Todd has had simultaneously uh, an unbelievably surprising awesome season and also a very disappointing season. He's won twice, which I don't think anybody saw coming. He's also slept on three 54-hole leads that he's not been able to convert. And in two of them, the two most recent, he hasn't even finished inside the top 10. This has been a pretty... I don't know how to describe it. A pretty crazy year for Brendan Todd.
1: Yeah, it has. But, you know, we talk about the way your weeks are structured all the time, right? Like, if if you flip the rounds around and he shot on Thursday, what he shot on Sunday, we'd be like, oh, Brendan Todd, <laughs> great year. This is we'd awesome. Like, we'd
0: be like 100 to 1 at the PGA Championship. I'm in.
1: Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but the reality is that when you hit it like Brendan Todd, and specifically when – the majority of your strokes in a given week are coming with the putter, you're going to get boat raced by the Justin Thomas's and Brooks Kepkas of the world. Like that, I, I, it just is what it is. Like, I, I, that's not, that's not, I mean, for what Brendan Todd's ceiling is, he's having an unbelievable year, right? Like, it, when, when, you, when you're 211th or whatever on the tour in driving distance and your ball striking is just kind of it's okay. It's not like great in a given week. I, I mean, what what are what are the real expectations there? Are you gonna are you gonna hold off a Justin Thomas and a Kepka and a Mickelson and a uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick who's who's playing really well? I just don't think that's realistic. So I actually look at Todd's season and and I see what you're saying with the fifty-four hole leads, but I think he looks back on it and says, man, two wins. I contended in these events. Are the yeah. Sundays disappointing? For sure. But I think you have to be realistic about what, what you can actually
2: accomplish on the tour, especially in a big-boy field like we saw this week. Agreed. And and this is sounding better in my head than what I think it's going to come out. So I've got to be very smart about how I craft this comment. <laughs> but on this podcast, and I've been in conversations elsewhere where – people have said Brendan Todd is a finalist for player of the year on the PGA tour. He's certainly going to win the comeback player of that. There's no doubt. I mean, if he doesn't win that, there has to be an investigation. Does that, does that, does that still exist? Is that still an award? You yeah, guys think true. he could
3: win that back-to-back years if he has like, another good year next year? Like
2: well, Stricker's, Stricker. Stricker's won it like three times, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> they, won they've back-to-back re-
3: to back years. I think 06, oh, 07, he won it. Yeah. They back-to-back.
2: renamed the award, Kyle.
0: I think it's called uh, the Courage Award or something like that. But I think, uh, it's the, I think it's the same award renamed. I'd have to look into that, but I'm pretty actually, sure that's what they
2: are Okay. 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 But, but, but anyway, so uh, remember the big brouhaha when, Kyle, you and me, when we were lobby, when there <laughs> were discussions about, okay, who's going to be the player of the year, Kepko or McElroy? Kepka with all the majors, McElroy with five wins in a FedEx Cup. You and I both delved, delved into the numbers as the players did, and they were like, okay, it was Rory's year. And this caused a, bit of, uh, caused a few folks to get upset. So, so I'm saying with all this conversation about Todd being player of the year, how are people grading him? The fact that he's winning or the fact that he's playing above himself or, yeah. or, or the fact that this is an unreal story? Because a lot of this conversation yeah. is, is 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 a function of people like us. I, you know, I think and, it's, and,
1: but I think that's a great point because you're, I mean, let's be realistic here. Like Brendan Todd does not have the talent that Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy have, and
2: so if he, he is a is, star in school, huh? I mean, he was he was unbeatable in high school and college. Yeah. Now he to you make the you make the right assessment. He just doesn't have the fast ball that they do.
3: Right. He, yeah. I mean, he had a couple of ball speeds that were like 200, uh, that were 152, not, not 256, 200. <laughs> nowhere near 200. I mean, they're, they're like a lot of these guys, three irons. It's probably like a Bryson three iron is his ball speed with a driver. So he's at a huge disadvantage there.
2: This is what I wanted to say, and maybe this is how it was supposed to come out. Thursday after the first round, Rick and I get on this thing. Uh, no, pardon me. Greg and I get on this thing, and we go, we we go, we hit the big things. McElroy playing badly, kepka playing well, blah blah blah, and and then the question is, so what are we looking for tomorrow? And I love the 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 easy pick. Well, I'm looking for Rory to play better. You can get in the 60s, and I'm looking for this and that. And then eventually something grabbed me, and I'm like get your head out of your rear end and someone just has to acknowledge that Brendan Todd is playing some fantastic golf and he's done so the entire year and we have to give him love.
3: Yeah. Rick and I yeah. gave him basically the win on Friday night.
2: We tried. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, then, but then it's the, it's the same folks that are going to have a whole bunch to say about the guy. Well, that's two now the travelers he stumbled with Dustin Johnson alongside and now he's got a, a thoroughbred field alongside of him and he stumbled too but, but man, I, I, come on, I i don't man. i don't feel like that's i don't feel like that's
1: fair to him like it, it would be one thing if that was john rom and john rom blows a three-stroke lead at the travelers yeah. and then he blows a lead at the 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 tpc Southwind. but yeah. for todd it's like i don't know man still still a great story like i yeah. i don't i don't I, there's definitely a, a a different curve that you're grading on and so for him, is it disappointing? Absolutely, because he's going out there thinking, hey, I, I can win this, and he should. He's one of the best 50 players in the world right now, but the way that we look at it, I, I just don't, I don't feel a ton of disappointment about the way Todd is playing overall because he's in all of these events. It's, mm-hmm. it's
2: incredible. Amen, and I want to take this to kind of an eth- ethereal level just real fast. This guy ought to be inspiration to everybody who's struggling with their golf game right now because yeah. he was in the I'm doldrums man there, there, there was a graphic that they showed that cbs put together where it was like a graph of where his world ranking was and the dude was inside the top 50 all of a sudden he was outside the top 2000 and you know this week he had a chance if he won which again this is like you with your board and you're like well if justin thomas does all the right things and <laughs> go, no, no, no. so if he won he could have been inside the top what was it 13 i think it was uh, correct me on the numbers, but this guy is an inspiration and I, my head is off to him. I'm like, man, that sucked that it didn't finish out well, but yeah. good on you, man. You just keep on getting up and you've had the biggest get up of anyone in a long time. So this week, last year,
1: he, uh, I guess last week, last year, he finished T53 at the Barbasol to move into 884 in the world.
2: Yeah. He was outside the top 2,000
3: This is not like a a Tony Finau or a Ricky Fowler or a guy who's been a top player in the world who's, like, win-stricken. He's won twice this year, and he's continuing to put himself in the mix. And he had the full swing yips last year. Yeah. I mean – uh-huh. The guy had the full swing gifts.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh,
3: to take anything away from him, these are learning experiences, right? I mean, he's, if you're Brendan Todd, the takeaway is at both the Travelers and this event, you weren't aggressive enough early. You didn't make any birdies early. And it was yeah. basically, I mean, close to nine straight pars both times. And, and you didn't get yourself in position to take the next step. You didn't give yourself any, any cushion to make a mistake. And so everything is kind of on that fine line because you're not making any birdies. And, and that's what he has to take going forward. But it's not a knock on him, right? I mean, this is a completely different situation than Ricky Fowler and Tony Finau to me.
0: This is one of my favorite stories of the year. Heck of a year from Brendan. Todd, uh, Greg, let's stay here with you. Uh, you won our matchup belt last week. How about that? Congratulations. This is your first time. <laughs> my, I <laughs> love my first uh, How about that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> my first matchup win I've been struggling in that department a little bit so it was uh it was nice to pull off that little victory and yeah I'm I'm happy with it the burger the, the burger Fitzpatrick Sung Jae M getting a win over Leishman those are some big uh some some big pickups for me there so and and look Patrick Reed beating Tony Finau That was a big one, too.
0: Seven and four. You were... Why did we do 11? How do we get 11 props? Was that for a tie break? Nobody
1: should earn a a victory for the Rory-Rom matchup. That should just just throw it out.
0: Just just two L's. Um, Also... I I kind of agree. Greg... (laughs) You get to share the, uh, I don't want to say winning because you guys had Daniel Berger, but you and, you and Mark both had Daniel Berger in the one-and-done pool, but that now pushes you up to 4.7 million points, a pretty commanding lead in our one-and-done, but we've got a big tournament coming up, so don't, uh, don't get too ahead of yourself.
3: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, it's got to be 2 million, uh, over 2 million points next week. So this is really the big one. So I, I, you know, it's uh there's a lot of golf left to be played. And I kind of feel like Justin Thomas right now in the player of the year race. I'm definitely the front runner. I, I'm, I should definitely, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I should be the player of the year at the end of this year. But, uh, there's still a major up and there's maybe a Webb Simpson or somebody who could jump up and take it from me.
2: Yeah, this is when you look at what bullets you got in your ammunition. Still, you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh
0: dang, I've
3: used yeah. Justin
2: <laughs> Thomas already."
0: <Dang." laughs> yeah, when when Greg rolls out Scott Stallings for the PGA Championship, <laughs> <laughs> where we know he's emptied the chamber, I already picked him. <laughs> <laughs> he really I can't did. believe I can't believe we didn't get a uh, we didn't make a pick for for Barracuda. And we could have had, like, I could have picked Alonto, He would have been, like, a favorite. Um, next week, PJ Championship, gentlemen. Uh, Greg, you and I are going to do a full DFS breakdown here, but it should probably be no surprise that there's a couple of big dogs atop the William Hill betting odds. Now co-favorites. Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau at 10 to 1. And then immediately behind, Brooks Kepka, Roy McElroy, 11 to 1.
3: Yeah, man. It, Justin Thomas is playing so well. And he's kind of shown, I think he can pull something off back to back. But I'm interested to see there's going to be a massive temperature change. I mean, you're going from Memphis, where it's like 90, you know, it, it's hot down there ask kyle and and then you go over to san francisco <laughs> and it gets <laughs> and it gets uh extremely cold right you're talking mid 60s with some wind blowing you're gonna see sweaters out there and uh so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that if you're it's like a you know kind of going to a different part of the world so very excited to see but For me, the guy I'm looking at, Xander Shoffley. I think he's just kind of building. He's peaking. T6 so far uh, this week. So I I think Xander's heading in the right direction. I think the
0: course will fit his game. Uh, Xander's been really, really good. Uh, KP, are we going to find out if Bryson's mad scientist stuff works next week, right? This is what we've all been talking about
1: yeah i i don't know i mean the pga is is obviously substantially different than a masters a u.s open an open championship i, I think if you look at the pga it's normally the most akin to a, a pga tour event right like in terms of setup and and all that stuff so i i don't know that we'll that we'll get a true sense of like a um I I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I I feel like Mirfield Village might be set up more like what we would view as a major championship a couple weeks ago than Harding Park. I I just – I don't – and maybe I'm wrong. Mark will be out there. I don't envision Harding Park being fast and firm. Um, I envision the rough being long. I envision it being like Bethpage Black, like high rough, playing deep, kind of wet, kind of cool at times. And so I actually like Bryson next week. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it tells us about his like major championship potential at the other three majors, but I kind of like his game going in, in terms of, again, I said this on HQ, if you're the longest, everybody's going to hit it in the rough. If you're the longest guy and you're hitting sand wedges and and gap wedges out of the rough uh, and Kevin Kisner's hitting a five iron, trying to get it through that rough. I mean, you just have such a distinct advantage that I I, I think he's going to have a good week.
0: Okay, Mark, you're you're not on site yet, obviously. I'm very interested when we get the breakdown, but what are you expecting from TPC Harding Park next week?
2: Um, well, I've gotten word from a, a couple of our crew out there already, and they're like, pack cold weather clothing because it's chilly. I mean, they, they say it's mornings are high 50s, afternoons are 65 and so, but it's colder than that because it's that damp cold off the bay, which for me, all of a sudden kind of narrows the field already, you know, the folks who are battling injury. You know, Jason Day here is playing into form. And all of a sudden, next week, he becomes a question mark because he battles a tender back. Tiger Woods, you know, I, I'm keen to see what, what Brooks Koepka and the knee feel like next week. Because the golf course has got some ups and downs. But if there's moist conditions underfoot, that just becomes a very tough walk. Uh, and, because, you know, you, you can't get as much traction on the ground. So that's the first thing I'm, question, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. And then the next thing is just how the golf course has been set up in comparison to what I saw in late February. You know, when I saw it in February, we were given a grid of what the course looked like for the public play and where the fairways were cut to. And these fairways are like 20 yards wide in places. And the rough is I would, when I was there, I would say it was a couple inches deep, but it was lush. Uh, I spoke to my spotter and he's out there and he goes, the rough is thick, but it's spotty in places. So he goes, if you hit a few real wide balls, you could get away with something. But if you're just off the fairway, you're going to have yourself a real tough time. So, so, so there are a lot of questions that I have. Uh, the main thing is, I think, dealing with the temperature. And an, when you've got an early morning tea time, you're going to have one of them, Thursday or Friday are you able to get by that one? And if you're battling with the body, cause it's been a pretty hectic stretch. So I think the folks that are arrested coming into this thing will, will kind of have a, a slight advantage if, if anything, but, but I know one thing's for certain, you're gonna have to play out of the fairway. And if the conditions remain soft, I haven't looked at the weather forecast, even though you got the advantage of hitting a wedge in there for a long guy, soft greens means someone can hit a five iron there and have the ball stick. Now, what we saw at Beth Bedge Black last year was heavy, rough, and the greens were pretty firm. And so you had to be a Kepka or a Dustin Johnson, these sorts of guys who were in contention. But if the greens are soft, then if you're playing at the fairway, you can still compete. Uh, so you're saying that being farther away from the center of the
1: fairway is better and that Phil Mickelson just finished T2 at TPC Southland.
2: Or Jordan Spieth. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, no, I'm, all jokes aside, I have a sn- mark this down. I have a funny the, feeling. The slam is going to be a part of the story. The, I, the I, grand I, slam. But it, tell tell me this real quick, Mark.
1: Isn't it better, like if 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 the fairways are twenty yards uh, wide or tip, whatever, like just really narrow? It do, doesn't like nobody's gonna hit that fairway, right? So doesn't doesn't that like make distance even more
2: important? So you're hitting wedges out of the rough instead of five irons. Yeah, that's a good point, but but the truth of it is, like like let's say Brendan Todd for argument's sake, he's hitting seven out of ten fairways basically. Guys like him, because the golf course, what's it, seventy four hundred, I think. I haven't looked at the the final number. Um, so you know, if you hit seven out of ten fairways around that place and you miss in the right places, you're going to be okay. Uh, and and the key is soft greens. It's you know, soft greens like like Phil. you, you made a good call on that. He always plays well at Pebble. Small soft greens fairways receptive so he can just blast away and so if you get caught yourself if you get caught caught with your pens down around the greens you got phil mickelson who can scramble and stuff that's also going to be a large part of the, the the test i think
3: so if you look at um to your kind of to your point mark it's it's very interesting the guys who have won here you got tiger woods who won in 2005 he also went 5-0 and in the president's cup he was very long at that time john daly came in second Uh, Sergio Garcia came in third. You have excellent drivers of the golf ball. Um, in the top three there in the match play you had Rory and Woodland in the final but then you had Jim Furick and Danny Willett who were the uh, semifinalists. I know it's match play so it's a little bit different but there is a a way to play the golf course without being a bomber I think if you had a match play event at Bethpage Black in the conditions the PGA was last year I don't think you would have uh, a Danny Willett a Jim Furick in the in the final I think it was a greater advantage for the bombers at the PGA at Bethpage like it was it was Mandatory there. Here, I think there's going to be somebody uh, like of a a Brendan Todd type style who can probably put together a good week. I'm just not sure they're going to have the ability to win. To Kyle's point, I mean, being really long here seems to be, with the limited um, history we have here, it seems to be a really big advantage.
2: Yeah, you know, last week we were asked for a PGA preview show to give our picks, and I said, you're going to have to drive it around there. So I, I like McElroy. You, um, you know, if you can drive it in long and in play, you're fine. And then you 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 look at our golf plays in San Francisco, and I want to build on what you said there, Greg, just over the road at Olympic. Now, that place is built on the side of a hill, so it's a different test, but you're playing essentially in the same conditions. Similar green, similar grass, similar rough, uh, cypress trees, it's the same sort of look that Olympic's just tilted. Look at who played well there in US Opens. Webb Simpson, Jim Furyk, Payne Stewart, Lee Jansen. You know, these guys are sort of, People that keep the ball in front of them a bunch. Although I think Harding Park will, it, it'll the the big the big hitters will have some advantage. Well,
0: we're gonna see if one of the big dogs wins the golf tournament. And Greg, if you know, you might have a chance to win four thousand dollars. Would you like that? Yes. Okay, here's a way to win $4,000. The props game for the PGA Championship already live. That's right, right now, over at cbssports.com slash golf props. And for the PGA Championship, you can win $4,000. Biggest prize we've had yet. I've already come up with with the questions. They're already out there, and I've got one here for you gentlemen. Greg, the question is, will one of the big five, <laughs> everyone knows what that means win the pga championship and just for those uninitiated the big five being the top five betting favorites so that would be justin thomas bryson DeChambeau, brooks kepka rory McElroy, john rom you can have those guys or you can have the field
3: i'm gonna take the field because of what i just said earlier right <laughs> i mean you didn't mention xander there so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the field but it's a tough one
0: it is a tough one. KP, the goal was to kind of split up the win equity, right? If the top five guys have like half the win equity, maybe the rest of the other, what, what 151, I don't know how many are in the field next week, uh, would have the other half. Do you want the big five or do you want the field?
1: I think I want the big five just because of the driving distance thing that I mentioned and, and those guys who are among that group. I, I have no idea who to pick. Like <laughs> I, I said last week, I was feeling Rory. And then you watch him at, at Southland and you're like, so he going to win the P I, I might pick JT again. Like I, I, I don't like picking guys back to back weeks, but he might just be on a heater. Like just a, just a, I mean, we might, this might be, that number might be 35 <laughs> next week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're going to run out of uh, note cards there with all these wins that JT is, is racking up. I agree. This is a very difficult one. I mean, even Patrick Cantlay, who played himself out of the golf tournament on Thursday, played awesome on the weekend. Um, Mark, uh, I, I know you like Rory. Can I offer you him and the other four against the rest of the field?
2: I, I typically go with a field just because of the odds of it. You you've got a hundred. What's it five versus what's the field? hundred and forty-four. So you've got hundred and thirty-nine guys. Yeah. Now I know some of you, some of the folks are never going to win the PGA, but the odds are still in your favor. And, and you reference Cantley. I mean, he popped to mind. Xander is a good pick. Um, I, I think someone like a Justin Rose, even though he's been playing poorly, could be a wild card. There, there, there's some guys to bear in mind. But I, the way the five is stacking up, i I'm, I'm with Kyle. I'm going to go with the five.
0: All right. Final word here, Greg, late breaking news. John Daly has withdrawn from the PGA championship. Your first reaction? No carts. No carts. Can't play. That's it. Uh, all right. That'll do it. <laughs> we'll obviously be back all next week for the only major championship of the the season. I'm obviously very excited about it. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Let me thank Kyle Porter, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at The Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.